You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So my wife says I can't say hey, Justin, anymore. <laughs> so how are we going to intro this thing? Then? I have uh, Well, I don't know, but we can't say hey, Justin, anymore. Can we say hey, Troy? Hey, we haven't tried that one. No, we haven't. No, okay, you go. Okay. Hey, Troy, how's it going? Oh, man, it's all right. How are you? Pretty... Oh, wait, crap, I asked you. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's do it again. Try it again. Try it again. Try it. Okay, ready? Go. Hey, Troy, how's it going? Oh man, it's been a week. I tell you what, I'm really tired. I'm barely here. No, that's you. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one with a real job. I'm the one that gets to sit around oh, all God. the time. But you've started going to the office now, right? I have. Well, no. I, I, well, my office has always been in the house. Uh, but you said you were going to go. But I'm in. now inspecting now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm actually going in the field and inspecting, but cool. only when I get a claim. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, I'm an insurance adjuster. Oh, we hate him. We knew we hated him. Oh, gosh, turn the podcast off. Ah, he's an insurance adjuster. You write the checks, though, don't you? I do write the checks. So they should love you. They should. They never do, but they should. Hmm. I haven't had to come across you yet. No, no. And most people, they immediately look at us as the enemy. Yeah. We try to be the heroes. But... If I had a problem, I'd welcome you guys. I would want to get paid for my issues. Until we told you it was denied. Oh. <laughs> then I'd call you. Hey, yeah, how like, can I get this approved? <laughs> There's got to be a way. Oh, man. Um, Fourth of July is coming up. It sure is. Got any big plans? Mm, just family party stuff. Yeah? Yeah. How about you? Well, do y'all pop firecrackers? We do. Do you? Yeah. And we what don't do you- go all out. Okay. What do you like to do? Fireworks wise, I mean, what's what's your what's the your things. favorites? Yeah, uh, I kind of like them all. I just like okay. the environment. Yeah, yeah. And does your daughter enjoy it? She does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine does too. But I can't help but go back now. I'm, I'm a little older than you, and I don't know if you can remember a time when these things called bottle rockets were legal. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So back in the day, you know, 70s and 80s. A little more seventies, I guess. Um, we had these little you know, bottle rockets, and in Texas, they were outlawed. Sometime in the nineties, I think they were outlawed because they were catching everybody's fire or roofs on fire. Yeah. Um, until then, my cousin and I, now I'm an only child, so I didn't have any brothers and sisters, but I had some cousins, and 
my cousins and I would do like everyone else does. We would play war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. You know, you've got smoke bombs. you got right. you got the M80s as the grenades. Yeah. And the bottle rockets were your RPGs. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And we would make guns. I mean, we would, we would get pipes and tape them to, you know, things and, you know. Oh, you know. yeah. And the the closer to the individual it would explode, the, the better. Yeah, you know, I mean, more if it ex- to go. yeah, if it exploded in the face and left black marks, <laughs> dude, you you win, you win, you you have won. But I remember this one time, uh, we it was it was uh, right after Christmas, and so you know New Year's was coming up, so everybody was selling fireworks, and you know we would buy these things by the gross, you know, I mean just hundreds at a time because they were cheap, they were super cheap, and all they did was go. That was it. Yeah, there, there, was, there was no no sparks, no flower. Just, and they were made specifically for us to, to shoot each other yeah, with. I mean, what? that's what they were for. Yeah. Or at least that's what we thought. So we would buy these things by the gross. And so it was, it was, it was, it was Christmas, uh, after Christmas. So we'd all gotten our Christmas presents. And my cousin, and we were out at the, uh, my, my grandmother's, they had a house out on the beach. And uh, we were out at their beach house. And... Just tons of space to to shoot each other with, and nobody cares. And um, so we're playing war. My cousin that year, he had gotten a brand new Fonzie jacket. Remember Fonzie? Okay. Yeah, Yeah. the leather, black leather jacket, you know. Happy Days was pretty much in right then. Yeah. I'm kind of aging myself again, yeah. but that's okay. But Happy's Days was kind of in, and he had a Fonzie jacket, yeah. you know. And so he was so proud of this Fonzie jacket. I mean, it was, you know, it was the only thing he got that year. We, we were kind of poor. We, you know, we didn't, I don't want to say poor, but we were by no means in the middle class. Okay. We, we were, we were upper lower class, you know, at the time. <laughs> my dad was a civil servant, so we never had that much money. But yeah. anyway. And so for my cousin to get this jacket was just, you know, his mom had saved the entire year to get him this jacket. So he's got this nice Fonzie jacket, man. And so we're out there and we're, we're playing warts, you know, blowing up people and, and all this other stuff. And, you know, where do you put your reserve rockets? You put them in your, your pockets. pockets. Yeah. Well, he had probably a half a gross of bottle rockets in each pocket. <laughs> Don't get ahead of me now. I'm trying not to. <laughs> He had a, about a half a gross of bottle rockets in each pocket. And so, you know, he's pulling them out, fire, pulling them out, fire, pulling them out, fire. Well, me and my cousin, we were, we, my other cousin, he had a brother. So me and my other cousin, we're, we're pinned down. He's got us dead to rights, man. And I got a shot off. <laughs> and he happened to be turning the other direction when I finally got this shot off. And it went right in his pocket. No way. Way. And that set off every other bottle rocket in that pocket. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I ain't never seen anybody run so fast to try to get away from themselves because he, you know, he hadn't taken the jacket off. He's, he's chasing himself is what he's doing, and he's running around screaming and hollering. His jacket is exploding. That, of course, set off the other pocket. Now it's going off. Oh my he finally gets the jacket off. It's exploding all over the place, and it was nothing but a giant burnt hole when we were done with it. And all I could remember saying was, I won. Oh, no way. <laughs> I won that one. I bet you did. <laughs> yeah, I hit the uh, I hit the cash there. Yeah, you know, that, that was, was the jackpot. arms cash or whatever they call it. You know, the depot. Wow. But wow. we don't do that anymore. They don't. They don't have those bottle rockets anymore. No. Other states sell them, but we can't sell them here in Texas. We've got uh, what? What are the candle? We got the Roman candles. Roman candles. The only so. problem with the Roman candle is it's a flaming ball. Yeah. 
That's, it, a, that's a problem? Well, no, I mean, we would use those as mortars, but, you know, that's a flaming ball. That's not a, you know, the rocket could hit you and not cause permanent damage. <laughs> <laughs> a Roman candle hitting bare skin, that's going to leave a mark. Yeah. So that's like permanent damage. Oh. oh. I guess I... Y'all played a whole we, different we kind different, of war. Different rules. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, what we used to do was do the M80s and the Black Cats. And, yeah. Uh, cow patties. That oh, was, okay. That was our thing. Okay, and yeah. Just try not to get it in our mouth and our eyes. And <laughs> try to turn our back and run. <laughs> yeah. Or we put them in the, uh, the slingshots. Yeah. And then, you know, launch them, see how far we can go with them. Did you ever do the frog thing? What? No. What's that? You never did the frog thing? No. I'm intrigued. Okay, so if you take a bottled rocket and you take the stick off of it, it becomes a chaser. Okay. okay. So it just goes wherever. It has no particular place to go. It's just got to go somewhere. And so if you take that, you tie a string to that, and you tie a string to a frog leg. <laughs> what? And light it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You were raised in what East Texas? I was. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing to do, they had just started coming out. Man, I can't believe I'm saying this. We, they had just come out with the big, um, the ones you see now, the big ones. Yeah. You know, that would go up and they'd, of course, back then it was just like four sparks would come out and, ooh. Exactly. Um, now you've got the, the shows that are in your house. But anyway, we didn't have that. So we would take, the, the little green lizards, you know, the little lizards that you find everywhere. Yeah. You can put them on your ear and they'll stay on your ear. And we would tape those. No way. And we would send them into space. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, lizard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. The bad news about all that is, is that usually the, the, the firework itself didn't kill the lizard because when it would blow, it either blow out the front end or blow out the back end. It didn't explode like a, like a firecracker does. Yeah. And so when you go to find that thing, you find that lizard still strapped to that darn thing. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and he usually died from the fall. Oh, I was going to say, no little parachute <laughs> yeah, for the guy? No little parachute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So that's how we had fun. That sounds like fun. That's pretty bad. But, you know, that was our childhood. Yeah, that's true. So, now people spend a tremendous amount of money on oh, fireworks. It's insane. Yeah. The, the cost, number one, is crazy. That's what I mean, yeah. But we've got a, a group of people here in the neighborhood, um, and they all get together, and they all pool their money together. And they'll show it on Facebook. You know, And luckily, it's about, uh, as the crow flies, it's probably 100 yards. I mean, it's, you got to go through a couple of streets. But as a crow flies from my house, so we get a free show. Yeah. You know, come. Now, the bad news is that my... <laughs> my little Chewini dog is absolutely neurotic when it comes to popping firecrackers. She loses her mind. Really? Oh, we have to give her Ativan, <laughs> no Benadryl. Oh, oh, seriously, man. we have to medicate that dog. down. And he knows a guy that he gets stuff wholesale. They've the the on New Year's Eve last year, they had four. I think it was either three or four. I think it was four pickup trucks, fully loaded, two to three feet above the bed. What? full of nothing but these mortars gosh and they will buy those ones that are like 150 shot at a time yeah 
and they'll light it off. That thing alone will last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And they'll light four of them at once. Oh my gosh. And so the show is amazing. It's, it's a darn good show. I don't know if we're going to get one this year because it's raining. Uh, yeah. So tomorrow night's going to probably rain pretty bad. I don't know. I don't think it'll keep many away because it seems like they get ready all half year for this. Uh, oh, they, oh, he's ready. I can promise you right now his entire garage is geez. to the ceiling stacked. <laughs> he's just waiting. God. God help him if he ever had a fire in his I garage. Was <laughs> Better not be around New Year's. <laughs> but you don't know anything about that, though, do you? No, no, nothing about that. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about, Mister. No, no. Yep. We're not. I'm not going to talk about that. We're not going. No, we are. You know. You know, you set one fire in your garage and you never, ever live it down. That's right. <laughs> so that happened. It did happen. I did burn my garage down. <laughs> and it was my fault. <laughs> Good thing you're an adjuster. Did you write yourself a check? I, well, no, I, I don't have insurance with the company I'm with. Oh. So <laughs> that would have been convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Just add a couple zeros on the end. Yeah, that's a story for another day. Yeah, I, um, I can't wait. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> I don't want hearing it. Speaking of stories, so um I told you we're 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 getting a lot more um people listening. Yeah. Welcome and, everybody. Yeah. And we asked people to take a moment and write a review. And they have. We we've gotten numerous reviews. Uh we've gotten quite a number of people that have uh have rated us and then we've actually got some people that have taken the time to, to send us some really nice reviews and, and for all of those who did that, thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Um, and for those of you who haven't, what is your problem? Get off. Your, get, <laughs> you can spend 30 seconds writing this review. No, I'm serious. Uh, thank you so much for the reviews and the, and the ratings. And, uh, it means a lot to us. And what it does is it allows other people to, maybe click on it and maybe listen and maybe get something out of it. So if, if you're getting something out of this, if you're, you know, finding this to be something that's helping you or it's just something that you just get to sit and laugh at Justin and Troy over and you enjoy that, you know, give us a rating, give us a review. That way other people can enjoy it too. Um, but speaking of stories, a couple of people have asked uh, on our Facebook page, you know, we know nothing about you two. <laughs> the mystery men behind the mics. Yeah, we hear Troy and we hear Justin. That's it. What, one of our reviews says, yeah, I really enjoy it. And I sure hope I get to meet y'all. But he has no idea who he would meet because we've never really spoken about ourselves too much. That's true. Um, so I figured, uh, I figured the next, over the next few weeks, we'll, uh, we'll try to get into who are these people yeah. and why are they in my radio. <laughs> In my head. Yeah. Why are they in my head? I can't get out of my head. Uh, you got to push the stop button. Oh, okay. Um, so I figured I'd tell you a little bit about me. Um, so uh, my name's Troy, and I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. It never have been. Uh, fortunately, that's. God, I get sick drunk. I get sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If 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 I if I even get a little queasy or a little loopy. If I don't stop drinking right that moment, me and the porcelain goddess will be good friends all night long. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, and it's just, it's been in my, and and dumbly enough, dumbly, dumbly, I just made a new word, <laughs> dumbly, call Webster. Somebody put that in Wikipedia, dumbly. Um, my dumb self um, tested that theory over and over and over 
between the ages of 18 and 25. <laughs> yep. Pretty much two or 300 times a night. Yeah. yeah. Just to make sure that, yep, still get sick. Exactly right. <laughs> well, maybe this will be different. Let's, yeah. let's try tequila. Maybe I'm nope, over nope. it. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, and then, you know, a week goes by. You're a whole week without getting stupid. And, uh, oh, see, I've, I've got a tolerance now. No, you don't. You're, you're, you're still going to get. And it was never worth it. It was, I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that not a single time that I got stupid, staggering, you know, toes to the ceiling drunk, was it worth it? Not once. No. No. Mm, not good. once. And and that like I said, that happened a lot. So I guess, was, gee, he's a drunk. No, he's not. He was, but he's not now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. Uh, I was actually born in Germany. Um, my father was in the army. And uh, so I was born in Germany, and I was born Catholic. I've said that before. Um, you cannot be born Christian, but you can be born Catholic. And that is true. Yeah, and I was definitely born Catholic. I was baptized fourth or fifth day that I was old. Now, they call it baptized, and they sprinkle water on top of me. Uh, and I think I probably sprinkled just as much back at them. But <laughs> <laughs> so, every, every, every single um, YouTube video you see of that. Yeah. Sorry, <coughs> I've got this chest cough I can't get rid of. But anyway, uh, no, it's not Corona. Anyway, um, so I was raised Catholic, um, and my my mother primarily was the was the driving force behind that. My dad, uh, his his family was was Southern Baptist, and um, he just was in love with my mom and said, "Whatever, I'll be Catholic, okay." And so he converted. Um, he and I had our first. Uh, confirmation on the same day oh wow yeah um and our first communion on the same day so um so you know he was just trying to make mom happy and and he did and so we uh we were raised in a catholic church and if, if you don't you know know anything about a catholic church uh, you know you go to you go to church every sunday period paragraph there is no excuses there's no being sick you don't call in late it's you be there um it, it's 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 a it's a mass that lasts Depending on your priest, you know, some priests can draw it out to be an hour, hour and a half. A good priest, dude, 28 minutes in, out, gone. <laughs> we had a good priest. Just in time for Sunday morning football. Huh? Absolutely, man. You get in there at you know 10 o'clock, you are home by 11, you've had lunch, football on at noon. Here we go. <laughs> Every once in a while, Monsignor would get a little long-winded. We're like, oh, dude, the Cowboys, come on. Right? So... um and then I got into uh, I got into the, um, the the CYO Catholic Youth Organization. So it's like a youth organization, but this was very organized. This was throughout the entire what they call a diocese. In Catholicism, they they split things up into parish, diocese, order. You know, blah 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 blah. And so the diocese was a very large um, part of that. And I got to be um, on the board of the diocese oh, for wow. the for the Catholic Youth Organization. Uh, yeah, we went everywhere, man. We, uh, they, they, they were invited us to Rome. Now, when I say they invited us to Rome, they invited the youth of America to Rome. We went as representatives of our diocese. We met Pope John Paul. Really? Uh, wow. He said Easter Sunday Mass to us. Um, it was pretty neat. I got to, I got to see Rome. I got to see uh, the Basilica. I got to see uh, St. Peter's Square. I got to see, you know, inside all that. Uh, it was a really neat time. So I was... Uh, I thought I was religious. You know, I, I 
I, I hung out with religious kids. I was kind of the nerd in school, not the nerd in a good way, not the nerd that, that could fix your, your iPhone. <laughs> not that nerd. Yeah. I was the nerd there. But I was like, oh, there's the church nerd over there. He just goes to church all the time. Um, but I was very popular in the church. So in the church, I was like Mr. Popular. Outside of the church, I was like Mr. Idiot. Um, so I joined the Air Force, and I, and I, I want to I jump forward a little bit here, and we'll go back. But um, have you ever been parasailing? I have not. Okay. So for those of you who don't know what parasailing is, basically they strap you to a boat. They tie a rope around you. <laughs> And they start dragging you. Now, as they drag you, there is a parachute that's attached to you as well. And the concept is that if we drag you long enough and fast enough, you will get airborne. Okay? That's the concept. It doesn't always work. We'll get back to that. (laughs) So, uh, I went to Hawaii. I was in, I joined the Air Force and I had spent, uh, I I was in Guam. Uh, (laughs) I joined the Air Force and, uh, when they were handing out assignments, um, I had chose, they, they allowed the Air Force to let you choose your top three sites that you want to go to, right? And I had chosen three bases in Texas because I'm from Texas. I want to go back home. And so when the, the drill sergeant calls out, Crutchfield, you're going to Guam. Where in Texas is, is Guam? Or South Texas? <laughs> is, that, is that East Texas, West Texas? <laughs> I had to look on a map, and guess what? You can't even find it on a map. Yeah, it is so small that you can't even find it. it on a, don't work. Don't look on it on the globe. You're not gonna find it on the globe. You're gonna have to zoom in on Google Earth uh, and type in Marianas Islands, and it's it's one of the Marianas Islands in a chain called Guam, or in a, in a chain called the Marianas in an island called Guam, um, which. It was part of a very big part of the World War II where Saipan and Rota were. Those, those were big. Uh, Guam was the other site. Anyway, so they shipped me off to Guam. Um, this island was 24 miles long and four miles wide. You see it in about 30 minutes. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> Uh, I was there for two years, so you get you get a little uh, you get a little island fever there. Uh, so anyway, uh, I met my parents in uh, in Hawaii. We uh, we decided to to meet uh, about half. I'd been there about a year. We met in Hawaii, and uh, my dad got the crazy idea. Hey, let's go parasailing. That looks like fun. All right, whatever. Um, so we uh, we 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 paid our money, and they 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 took us out in this boat. And they put us out on a platform, and they put us in a harness and shoot and everything else. The boat takes off, and up you go. <laughs> and you're up about two, 300 feet, man. And I'll tell you what, it was one of the craziest, awesomest things I'd ever done. It was so amazing. It was smooth. It wasn't rough. It was fun. Um, when we landed, the guy would kind of guide you in on this, because you're on this little platform out in the middle of the ocean. And uh, you'd have to pull left, pull right, you know, and this, that, and the other. And, and he would try to guide you to where you'd land right back on the, oh, okay. on the platform. Mm-hmm. So I came in. I landed right back on the platform. They took me off. My dad takes off. Off he goes. Um, they're coming back in. And there's a guy standing up there telling him to pull left, pull left, pull left. Well, he wasn't looking at him. He was looking at me. And I was going, pull right, pull right, pull right. <laughs> <laughs> And they dumped him right in the ocean. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, he, he never forgave me for that one. But um, 
But yeah, that was fun. And I tell you what, after that, um, I spent the next oh, ten years maybe trying to recreate that on my own. Yeah. Um, and when I left Guam, I came back to to the United States, and uh, I got stationed in in Austin, and um, so I stationed at, at Berkshire Air Force Base in Austin. And um, I tell you what, let's take a break, and then uh, when we come back. I'll tell you how stupid I really was. Okay. So, Jeremiah, I'm a little upset with you. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Whatever did I do? I, I have to buy my son much bigger hats now. <laughs> uh, sounds like you should get him a haircut or something. Well, yeah, yeah that's the Pull his teeth faster. It's a different and he'll, conversation. Yeah, that, that's a totally different conversation. No, man, he, uh, you know, you, you took the pictures for him for his uh, senior pictures. Yeah. And, um, I don't know what kind of conversations you and he had, but he came back telling me that he's a model <laughs> and that Jeremiah said so. Mm. And that then might be I, a slight stretch. But. Well, then I got the pictures. Mm. Dad gum, boy. <laughs> I, I got the pictures and I, and I almost kind of agree with him. Yeah. What you do know, you do, man? Well, it's, you know, when we, um, part of what I love about photo sessions, especially meeting new people, like I'd never met Hayden before. And I asked him when we were kind of heading into the area we were going to shoot in. I was like, so, because uh, teenage guys especially tend to go one way or the other. They either they're there because their mom, like, you know, that you have to do this and they hate it. And I try to get over as quick and painless as possible as I can for them. Or some guy, you know, some guys really enjoy it. And so I asked him, so are you a picture guy? And he's like, well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't had pictures, you know, in like forever. So, uh, and so we just kind of got rolling his stuff. And uh, I said, yeah, you're, you're a picture guy. You know, and uh, he just, uh, you know, he took all the directions so well and he was so easy and so, but you know what, something, uh, one thing I love about doing with, with photo, video, whatever it is, is I, I say it all the time, is telling a story and you could just, man, he's such a good dude and his character just came out. Mm. You know, he was so just kind and easy and nice and just, a, just a great guy. And it, and it just kind of yeah, emanated through on those pictures. And so, yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, you did an excellent job. And tell everybody what the name of your studio is, how to get a hold of you, and uh, yeah. how to make an appointment. Uh, so it's JHA Productions, J-A-Y-C-H-A-Y. My name's Jeremiah Chambers. I get to ask that all the time. So it's J for short for Jeremiah and Che for Chambers. It's a really easy way to remember. J-H-A-J-A-Y-C-H-A-Y. Uh, easiest way, honestly, is is through Facebook or Instagram. Send me a direct message. Let me know. Uh, but you can also go to my website, uh, com. You can uh, find some prices there and quotes and all those kinds of things. Uh, I do photo, video, graphic design, kind of whatever you need created visually. I can uh, We can usually figure it out. So Awesome. Well, go see him because I got to tell you... Um, my my son never looked better, and his mother was very very happy. Now that's the win. That's right there. all that matters. <laughs> all right, so where were we? So you had just gotten to Bergstrom Air Force Base in Guam, Texas. I mean Austin, Texas. <laughs> no, Guam's not in Texas. <laughs> I Found that out the hard way. <laughs> yeah, so I'm at Bergstrom, um, and so I'm like. 21 22 years old man i'm in bergstrom i'm in austin texas you know this, and this was back when sixth street was still cool it's uh, not? not anymore not anymore oh uh no sixth, sixth street was pretty awesome and like i said back then i was still testing the theory of 
how much can you drink <laughs> and not get sick? Without ralphing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I tested that theory a lot in Austin. Yeah. A lot. Uh, Sixth Street was pretty awesome. But anyway, back to uh, the parasailing. I, 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 I had to figure out a way to get back to this parasailing because it was just amazing. It, it was the greatest feeling I ever had. Um, I tried many things at home. You know, I, I would tie bed sheets to be PVC to try to create like a hang glider. To like jump off the roof or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the, the, the stuff you used old? to do at 10 years old, you know, <laughs> with the bed sheet off the, off the house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to take that to another level. Okay. You know, I, I was trying to li- literally, I would get PVC, create the frame of a, of a hang glider, put sheets on it, and thinking might work. Yeah. Never did. Theory. Never did. I think Elon Musk kind of started the same way, didn't he? Oh, he I doubt No. <laughs> Wow, that's that's a, that's a few more crayons in his box. I was gonna say that's some serious competition. No, 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 because trust me, it di- it didn't go anywhere near where Elon Musk ended up. So anyway, so none of this stuff was working, um, and I got introduced to a guy who worked in the parachute shop. Okay, and he and I made. I was a fireman. He was in the parachute shop. He wanted a pair of the special gloves we wear. These Nomex gloves. Hmm. I said, Yeah, I get you a pair of those. I said. Can you get me a parachute with a harness? Yeah, no problem, man. I can do that. Really? <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So he gets me a parachute. I give him the gloves. We call it a day. Um, I called my buddy Kyle. Remember Kyle? Same Kyle. Same Kyle. And it's a going to be a boat story? Not a boat story. Okay. No. But close. But, okay. But same Kyle. Okay. But this time Kyle's not the idiot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. <laughs> no offense to Kyle. <laughs> this time, well, I say Kyle's not the idiot. Kyle sure um brought out the idiot in me. So anyway, we had decided that we would find a nice place to go where there were no overhead power lines and there was plenty of hard surface road. So we found this old abandoned subdivision that they never built, but they'd put in all the roads. Um in San Antonio, we found this in San Antonio. And so what I did was I tied a rope to the harness of this parachute, which is on my chest. And I tied a rope to the end of my Jeep that I had, had bought. <laughs> and it was about a 200-foot rope. And I told Kyle, I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I should have said hold my beer first, but I didn't. <laughs> here's what we're going to do. I said, and I now... Hey, I had a helmet on. <laughs> I had a motorcycle helmet on. <laughs> and I told Kyle, I said, all right, so what I want you to do is kind of take off a little slow at first until the chute gets some air. And then once you see the chute fill with air, kind of gun it, you know, to, to, to get that lift, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Kyle said, all right. And he gets in the car and he, he kind of takes off and I'm jogging behind him, you know, because the rope is pulling me. It's not pulling the chute. It's pulling me. The chute is now pulling me in the other direction because it's full of air. So the car is pulling me one way. The chute's going, eh, I don't think so. And I'm playing the dummy in the middle. I'm playing the stretch Armstrong in the middle and I'm ready to stop. But what my buddy Kyle sees in the rear view mirror is the chute filling up with air. Ah. 
He doesn't see the idiot dangling from it about to die to be ripped in half. He just goes, oh, maybe if I go a little faster. Time to gun it. And he goes a little faster. The chute went up a little, but it's still on the ground. I mean, I'm still running behind this car. And he looks in the rearview mirror, maybe a little faster. And he goes a little faster. And he keeps thinking this. And the chute is not really taking off, but it's full of air. And he just keeps thinking, maybe a little faster, maybe a little faster, maybe a little faster. Well, I was in pretty good shape when I was 21, 22 years old, but I can't run 30 miles an hour. <laughs> and for some reason, Kyle thought maybe I could, yeah. or he just never you know, dared to look down at the speedometer. He was looking at the chute thinking a little faster, a little faster. <laughs> so my feet finally gave up, and now I'm being drugged oh down the street. Uh, I had the helmet on. I had the helmet on. And uh, luckily for me, the... The chute kind of turned one way and caught a fire hydrant, okay? And then what that ended up doing is it ended up breaking the rope, which I was very thankful for, you know. Uh, And Kyle, you know, of course, he turns around and goes, what went wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Other than the fact that you just about killed me, I have no idea. So So I went back to the guy with the chute shop and I said, hey, dude, this thing don't work. He goes, what do you mean it don't work? And I told him what I'd done, and he laughed. <laughs> he said, well, you're an idiot. <laughs> I said, well, I know that much, but why didn't the chute work? He goes, because that's a descending chute. He said, what you got to do is you got to get an ascending chute. This chute is designed that when you jump out of an airplane, it comes down. That's its job. It goes down and forward. And so you want something that goes up and forward. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> got one of those? I didn't ask you not left. Because in my brain, the wheels were already spinning. Well, if this is a descending chute, what happens if we just turn it around? Hey, it becomes an ascending chute, right? So I just turned it around. Well, my buddy Kyle said, hell no. I ain't getting behind the wheel again. I already killed you once, and I'm not going to jail for homicide. You know, because when you die... I'm going to be the one that killed you, and they are going to prosecute me because they're going to say, you should have known better. So I had to find another friend of mine, and I did. Yeah. And this time, we went out into an open field where there were no fire hydrants. Hmm. There were cows, but no fire hydrants. And <laughs> I installed a quick disconnect on the rope so that if I get to run in too much and I can't hold up anymore, I just got to pull this little disconnect, and we're done, Right. Hmm. Yeah, done. Look at you go. I'm telling you, boy. I, I was thinking. Man. I was thinking. So we get going down the field, and my buddy, pretty much the same as Kyle, going a little further, a little faster, a little faster. But this time, I could actually feel my feet kind of coming off the ground. I was like, ooh, this is going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. And it did work all the way up into the point. And I probably got 50, 60 foot off the ground, and it worked all the way up to the point until we ran out of pasture. And now there's just a, a, a barbed wire fence there. What? <laughs> so he had to stop. There was nowhere else to go. <laughs> oh well, I figured, heck, I could ride this out a little bit if I pull the disconnect, right? And I get to kind of float around and fly around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. well, remember what I did to the chute? Turned it around. Yeah, guess which way I fell? <laughs> Backwards. <laughs> So now I'm coming out of the ground. Now, granted, I wasn't that high up, but I was high enough that I was floating back down, but I'm floating backwards, so I can't see where I'm going. 
and I floated right into the herd, oh right God. into the middle of the dadgum cows, <laughs> scattered them everywhere. Well, jump forward 10 more years, and I still hadn't gotten over my kick. I hadn't, I hadn't done anything really stupid in that amount of time, but I, it was 2001, 2001. And I hadn't done anything really stupid since then, but I had wanted to. Yeah, the dream was still alive. It was still there. It was still there. <laughs> and something came along that changed the world forever. And it was before 2001, but it changed my world forever. And that thing was eBay. Okay. You can buy anything on eBay. Yeah, you can. And I mean anything. Yeah. And guess what eBay was selling? <laughs> Bear shoes. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> But I didn't buy just a parachute. I didn't buy just a parasail. I bought myself a paraglider. Ooh. Yeah. Now, if you don't know what a paraglider is, that's the thing those guys jump off mountains with and just fly around for hours. So it's got a lot of lift, and it's really big. And it was $800. And I had $800. I bet you did. (laughs) So I ordered it, and the guy called me when I ordered it. And he, he actually called me. He goes, what are you going to do with this? He said, because you live in Beaumont, Texas. There's not a lot of mountains in Beaumont, Texas. What, what are your plans? And so I, I briefly told, I could tell he was getting nervous. So I didn't want to tell him what all my plans were because I was afraid he wasn't going to sell it to me. Yeah. So I kind of told him what I was going to do, and, but, but in a roundabout way. And he goes... You're insane. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he said, all right, but understand I'm telling you, you probably shouldn't do that. I said, you're probably right, and I appreciate your advice, but shut up. <laughs> just just send me the parachute. <laughs> and he did, and I got it about a week later. It came in, and I unwrapped it on a, thir- on a Friday night. And um, so I had, I had, honey, and th- by this time I had met, my wife Heather, honey, guess what? Guess what we're gonna do? What? Tomorrow morning, bright and early, we're going down to the beach, and we're gonna go parasailing. All right, what's parasailing? So right. I had to explain the whole thing to her. So before I go there, let me go back a little bit. So I had said that um, I was big into the CYO, and um, and. The, the 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 preacher the priest excuse me for the that was over the CYO and I uh, had become pretty good friends and so I graduated from high school and my parents and I my, my, I was the only child so my parents were very very strict they were very overbearing um, back then I was allowed to talk on the phone for fifteen minutes a night to my girlfriend and it had to be in the kitchen <laughs> where everybody could hear you <laughs> yeah. yeah I love you too yeah I know. Yeah, me too. Yeah, okay. Hey, don't, don't say that. Okay, all right. Let me. That was our conversation. So, why are you whispering over there? None of your business. Yeah, it is my business. Okay. Privacy's for pooping. That's it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I was ready to get out of my house. And I was going to college. Um, and this, this priest friend of mine, um, he, he lived in what they call the rectory. Pre- Priests live in a, what's called a rectory which is basically a house that the church pays for. Um, and he had an extra room and he said, Hey, 
just come move in with me. He said, you can go to school. Uh, you can live here. I won't even charge you rent. You know, just help pay for food and, uh, and I'll take care of you. Well, I'm thinking, man, that, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. So I moved in with him and, um, I was there for a couple of months and everything was fine. And, you know, we were, we were having a good time and, uh, I was going to college. I was, you know, failing miserably, but I was going to college. Um, I had a couple of jobs at the time. And, um, so, uh, about three, maybe four months in, I don't remember when it was, uh, he came into my, came up to my room, knocked on the door and said, Hey, what you doing? Nothing really. He came in, sat down and, um, just started, doing some things that a man should never do to another man. And I don't mean that in a disgusting way. I mean that in a, you know, just kind of rubbing your leg, rubbing your arm, talking nice to you and all that. I thought it was weird, but yeah, whatever. Uh, he's a weird guy anyway. So, you know, I was kind of used to him being weird anyway. But anyway, um, as the weeks went on, as the months went on, it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. Um, the problem was this was a priest. This is the representation of God. This is, as the Catholics, you know, um, will tell you, this is the guy that, you know, forgives your sins and gives you your penance and is going to let you go to heaven or not. You know, right. this, this is the guy you got to depend on. This, this is God's mouthpiece right here. So, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm 18 years old, just terribly confused. Um, and it, it went way too far. And it was, it, by the time I had, you know, come to my senses, you know, things had happened that, that I just, I, I, man, my, my whole life just shattered because I didn't understand. I, I don't understand how this could happen, how a man of God Number one, a person who said he was my friend, number two, could take advantage of me in such a way. Um, I got out of there as fast as I could, you know, after, after I realized. I mean, it, it took me too long just because you're so used to this guy being the, the, fa- the father figure, the, the God figure, the, the authority figure. I, I've known this guy for four years. Uh, I've, I've spent numerous, numerous hours with him in CYO. I've, I've lived with him, all this stuff. And for this to happen was just, yeah, it just, it just blew me away. And I I didn't know where to go, where to turn, what to do. Um, and like I said, finally I I, I got out and I I moved into a house with another guy. But what I did do is what I realized, and it took me a little while. Um, it took me a little while to finally figure out that, uh, that yeah, if, if that's who God is, if that's what God is, if this, if you represent who and what God is, then I want nothing to do with it. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Um, and I left the church, and I, I just basically said, "No, I'm done. I don't want anything to do with this so-called God. Um, that this guy who represents you would do those things." Yeah. So I spent the, you know, like I said, uh, college turned out not to work out. You know, you know. They will fail you if you don't go to class. <laughs> Shame on them. I know. There's no makeup work or nothing, <laughs> you man. You paid all the money. I did. I paid oh, you for this class. I deserve at least a D just for paying <laughs> <Exactly>. you. <laughs> well, come to work. It don't work out like that. Man. And also, I was very used to in high school, I was one of those guys who never did his homework. And I would just ace the test. Yeah. 
And so I'd end up with a B or a C. I know, you know, I was never a straight A student because I didn't do my homework, but I could always do well enough on the test that it didn't really matter. Um, you can't do that in college. Yeah, don't work like that <laughs> Don't work at all. <laughs> and because half time you show up to the lectures and you listen and you're like, all right, all right, all right, all right. And then you get the test in, in two weeks. It ain't a single question that that man said in front of you. It has all to do about the book that he told you to read. Exactly. Well, I didn't read the book. That's homework. I don't yeah, do homework. I don't, don't want to do a book report. Exactly. I, I paid you to do a book report. Exactly. <laughs> You're supposed to know all this. You just tell me the important parts. That's it. Well, again, it don't work out like that. So... Me and college split ways because it was obvious we, we were not going to be friends. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed the nightlife and I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed the fraternity parties and I enjoyed all that. But, you know, they get real upset if you keep going and fail. Yeah. They, they kind of start sending you dirty notes. <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, you're still paying them, but they don't want you there no more. Gosh. They, what academic suspension what do you mean academic suspension? I paid to be yeah, here. You can't suspend me. <laughs> so they kept threatening that. And I said, you know what? I'll do you a favor. I just quit. So I did. And I joined the Air Force. Um, and you know about the rest of that story. Uh, Guam. So during my entire time in the Air Force, I was in there for two, um, two terms. I was in eight years. Um, I went to Guam, like I said, came to Austin for a while and then went off to Aviano, Italy for a while. Um, and then came back and got out in 93. And during that whole time, um, I got married twice and I did not invite God to either one of them weddings. Um, I still didn't want nothing to do with that man. Um, and so I didn't invite him and sure enough, he didn't show up and two divorces later, and uh, two child supports later, uh, you know, I, I didn't care. I just, you know, I, that was just to me, that was just more proof that, that you know, God's a jerk. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, my life's going to crap. Well, that's just more proof that you're a jerk and I don't want nothing to do with you. Um, so on and on and on. And then in, two, in 1999, I had been, this my, after my second divorce, 1999, I met a girl that just rocked my world completely differently than anybody else ever had. And, uh, and we, we dated for a long, long time because I had been burned twice. <laughs> you know, it's once bitten, twice shot. And, oh, I got to be bit twice. You know <laughs> what George Bush said, you know, say. fool me once, yeah. shame on you. Fool me twice. Yeah. Shame, shame on, on you. Biden <laughs> or something. And then, the frog has to jump over the fence. And then, of course, because there's a fence there, of course, there's, there's ants at the bottom of it. And if the ants are there, well, then you know your mother's coming around. And she's going to want her milk. So if she doesn't get her milk, she's going to... I'm sorry, that was a Biden rant. I apologize. Yeah, oh, oh, that's what that was. That's why I didn't understand it. <laughs> anyway. So, um, so we had been going together for a little while, for a couple of years. And like I said, I was, I was quite content just... Uh, just, just being dating because I, I, I'd been down that road a couple of times. I had lost a couple of times. You know, they tell you, oh, you get divorced. You, they want half. No, 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 no. They want it all. <laughs> There's no half, brother. Yeah. They take it all. Damn. When I let, when my first wife left me, 
we were living on base at the time. Now I was a firefighter. Um, and so I'm at the, I'm at the fire station every other night. Uh, we weren't 24 on 24 off and she had, she had left and she told me, cause I don't want nothing. I just, I just don't want to be married anymore. It's nothing personal. I just don't want to be married anymore. And I especially don't want to be married to you anymore. So I'm just going to leave. Okay. Well, I was at the fire station one night and my neighbor called me. Hey, Troy. Yeah. I didn't know y'all were moving. I didn't know I was moving either. <laughs> he said, well, there's a U-Haul in your driveway and they're pulling everything out. She left me a chair. Wow. That was it. Jeez. A chair and a black and white TV. Golly. Done. She took every fork, every knife, every plate, every cup, everything, hmm. and left me. That was it. So don't believe in this half. No, they want it all. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I was not real eager to jump back into the marital scene. And um, so sometime in around December, yeah, around December of 2000, um, my wife who was raised Wesleyan Baptist, no Wesleyan, is that Baptist or just Wesleyan? I don't remember. I don't either. I, I, the denominations, I, I can't remember, but it was Wesleyan. So whatever that is. Um, so she'd been raised her whole life that way. She'd been a Christian her whole life. She'd accept Jesus, you know, when she was like three, um, and just raised that way. And she just, that was her faith. Her faith was, uh, you know, it is because it is. Um, well, anyway, a new church was opening up in Beaumont, uh, where we lived. And, um, so in December of, of 2020, we start going. Now, this church had bought over a, uh, a car dealership as their, as their building, huh. uh, which means they had great parking, but not a lot of building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but great parking. <laughs> um, anyway, so they had not yet finished the inside of the building. So we were actually meeting on the front. They were meeting on the front porch of this. Mm. Uh, you know, they had been meeting in schools and other places before, but they had just got the building. Now they're going to meet on the front porch. Um, and I went to this. You know, she talked me into it. And I said, "Yeah, whatever." You know, I, I wasn't really holding much regard for it, but I said, "Yeah, you know, I like her, and if she likes it, I'll go, whatever." And so I stood on that front porch, man, and this, the music was good. It, it, you know, I'm used to going to Catholic so- service where it's oh. <laughs> Amen. Dude, the words amen, that's all there is to it. You ain't got to, you know, <laughs> no, they, they sung everything and it was just horrible. Well, this was better. This was actually, you know, rock and roll, mm. guitars and drums and everything else. And um, so music was pretty good. So that kind of got me in. And then the pastor, Philip Griffin, started talking to me. And I say he started talking to me because he was talking to me. There was 150 people there, but he was talking to me. Yeah in a way that I had never heard anybody talk to me before. He was talking about this guy named Jesus who I'd heard about and I knew about and we had learned about in, 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 uh, in Catholic school, but he's talking like it's his best friend. He's talking like he's got this relationship with this guy. And I'm, what are you talking about? I mean, that's the guy 2000 years ago died on the cross and you know, right. We, we, we eat his, you know, little cracker and drink his juice once <laughs> once a week, right? That's the guy, right? Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. And um, and he's talking like he's got this, you know, he's his best friend, and and all the stuff that this Jesus has done for him and his life, and how he changed and he did, and and this man's talking to me, you know, telling me how much this Jesus loves me, and that you know that he's not mad at me, and that you know um, all I got to do is just accept him and you know, things will be so much better. 
Anyway, I had never heard someone talk like this before. So I was very interested. So we went back a couple of weeks and, um, I got to know the pastor a little bit and he, um, <laughs> again, going to date myself. I got his AOL name and we became friends on okay. AOL. <laughs> <laughs> so one day I'm on AOL, there's a bell and I see him and, um, I, I M'd him. That's what you called it back then. You, I M'd him, yeah. instant messaged him and you know, bling. And he goes, Oh, Hey, Anyway, we got talking back and forth. He, he learned about me. I learned about him a little bit. And then he asked me a question. He goes, have you been saved? Uh, saved from what? He said, saved. Have you been saved? Have you, have you confessed your you know, belief in Jesus as Lord? And da, 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 da. I was like, well, I'm Catholic. Does that count? He goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Have you been saved? And I said, I, honestly, I have no idea. Now, this is all over text. Going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So he walked me through you know, the sinner's prayer. Um, and, you know, you know, and he says, do you believe this? Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. Okay. Do you believe this? Yes. Walk me all through it. And at the end of it, he goes, okay, you're saved. Huh? Yeah. He says, that's it. You're saved. And I was like, I don't feel saved. And the church is about three blocks down the road. So I got my car. I drove over to the church. And uh, he's still staring at the, the the computer screen, waiting for me to answer him. And I said, "All right, we're gonna have to have a talk." <laughs> uh, uh, what? Uh, uh, oh, oh, there! How did you do that? Um, so he and I talked, and, and we went through it, and and I pretty much agree with everything he said, and I I, I guess I was saved. Um, didn't really feel it, but I, I guess I was. You know, yeah. I, I I said the words, and I I believed them. I did. I, I believed what I said. I, I wasn't saying it just to placate somebody. I, I meant it. So, a couple of weeks go by. It's January 2001. We have now caught up to the eBay package. Okay. So, it's January. It's January. Okay. And the eBay package arrives. And I open it up, and the first thing in there is this beautiful harness, man. Oh, this harness was amazing. But it had about 7,000 buckles and straps and pulls and these... And I had to figure all these out to, you know, you put it on and it's got so many dadgum safety straps and buckles and hips and guts. Oh, good Lord. Um, and then the beautiful silky shoot inside, you know, <laughs> with all the nice little paracords attached to it. And I said, oh, baby, we're going to have some fun tomorrow. She says, what are you talking about? I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. First, we're going to go to a hardware store. We're going to get us a rope. It's about 300 foot long. I said, then we're going to go down to Gilchrist Beach. I said, I'm going to tie this rope to the back of that truck. And I'm going to tie the other side of that rope to the parachute, not to me, because I learned my lesson about that one. <laughs> I'm going to tie it to the parachute this time. That way, all I got to do is hang on. Uh, I said, and then you're going to take off in that truck. This chute's going to go straight up in the air, and I'm going to fly around like a bird, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and my poor old wife was like, all right. You might want to wear a, a life jacket. I ought to wear a life jacket. I'm going to be up in the air. What, what has, it has nothing to do with that. I'm going to be up in the air. I don't need a life jacket. You just do what I tell you to do. We're going to do it. All right. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So we did. We went to the beach the next day. I got my 300-foot rope, tied everything up, put everything in. I even bought me some walkie-talkie so I could talk to her in the truck huh. and tell her, go. <laughs> and so we started it off. We put everything out. I told her, go. And she drugged me about 200 yards down the beach, and absolutely nothing else happened. <laughs> And it took me forever to tell her to stop on the radio because <laughs> I had too much sand in my mouth. So we turned around, we tried it again, we tried it again, we tried it again, and everything I did, the chute just would not open. It just wouldn't open. 
and I couldn't get any lift and I couldn't get anything to work. And she just kept dragging me through the cactuses. And, um, so finally we, I was just about ready to give up. We'd been there about an hour and a half. I was about ready to give up. And these two old surfer boys come over and they said, Hey dude, first of all, we want to say thank you very much. (laughs) I said, what are you talking about? Oh, we have really enjoyed watching you over the last hour and a half. I got to tell you, it's been a lot of fun and we appreciate it. Fine. What else do you have to say? Well, we were just wondering, do you think there's anything we might could do to help you and, and to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to do? And I said, well, maybe. I said, how about one of you get on each side of the, the parachute, hold it up in the air, get some air in it, so that when she takes off, it actually has some air in it. Huh. And they go, all right, sure, we'll give it a shot. And uh, so we're sitting there, truck's in front of me. Got these two guys on each end of the parachute behind me. Got everything ready. I put on the radio. I said, all right, honey, go. And she took off. Y'all, I don't know how fast the space shuttle goes up in the air. (laughs) But I think I beat it. What? I shot up so fast. I was 300 foot in the air before I could even blink. And... Now, these parasails, they have these two little cords that allow you to steer. Well, I was not expecting to be in the air. <laughs> that was the goal, but I really wasn't expecting it to happen. <laughs> and by God, it happened. Huh. And then I realized why everything wasn't working too well, because what come to find out, there was about a 20-mile-an-hour wind coming off sh- on shore. So it was coming across the land, going out to the water, so it was blowing out to sea. And so the minute my chute... Cl- cleared that sand dune it just immediately went out over water Uh, so i am actually out over the gulf of mexico about 250 feet in the air and i'm looking down at my truck and i noticed something odd there was sand flying out the back end of my truck just as far as you just this rooster tail of sand flying out of my truck and my truck was getting closer and closer to the water the chute was pulling the truck. Oh the truck gosh. was no longer no pulling way. the chute. <laughs> and my wife was in that truck, floored it, trying everything in the world to keep from this truck going into the ocean. And I'm looking down and going, hmm, that's peculiar. Because <laughs> I haven't had a whole lot of time to think about it. I'm, I've only been up in the air about 2.5 seconds at this point. You know, going, huh, that's bad. And the next thing I see is the truck darted forward. And this weird brown wiry thing's kind of flashing in the air. Well, it took me about another half a second to figure out that was the rope that was attached to me. It just broke from the truck. (laughs) And this thing may have shot up really fast, but it came down even faster. I don't know why it didn't act like a parachute, but it didn't. It just came down like a freaking rock, man. And I fell 200 feet to the ocean so fast but that wasn't the worst part it was january as you recall the water temperature was about 55 degrees and it was like ten thousand knives stabbing me all at once um then the chute come i hit the water and then the chute hits the water but only half the chute hit the water the other half kind of stayed up and now it's a sail and it's pulling me out to shore well in the whole mess, all of these uh, these these paracords that attach the parachute to the to the vest, 
they had all kind of gotten tangled up and now they're wrapped up around my legs and around my calves and around, and I, I can't kick. I can't do anything by the grace of God. And I can say this only by the grace of God, this fancy, um, harness that I was telling you about was very buoyant and it floated. The only problem was it was on my back and it was floating me face down. And so I'm trying to force my head above water to get some air and I'd get a gulp of air and it would shove me back in the water and I'd get a gulp of air and shove me back in the water. And because it had 7,000 buckles, bolts and everything else, I'm trying to figure out how to take this thing off. I don't know how long it took. It seemed like forever, but it's probably a minute or so. And I finally got this, this, this harness off of my back and was able to get it up under me. And as I got it up under me, I looked up and I'm probably five to 600 yards offshore at this point. Um, and I see my wife. (laughs) Oh, that was a weird sound. I see my wife standing on the shoreline, looking at me with her hands up in the air going, what are you doing? (laughs) Are you coming back in? This is part of the plan. (laughs) What are we supposed to, what are you doing? And she's kind of hollering at me. I can almost hear her, but not quite. But she told me what she was saying later. Um, And it took her a few minutes to register that this wasn't planned and that this is bad and that I'm getting further away instead of closer to her. Um, The two surfer dudes, they poor guys, they got in they jumped in the water. They got on their little boogie boards they had. They started swimming towards me, but they realized I was swimming away from them 10 times faster than they could possibly swim towards me. So I'm just out to shore. Well, she realized this. She gets on the phone. She calls the sheriff's department. Sheriff calls the Coast Guard. Coast Guard calls some other people. Um, they're trying to coordinate things. Meanwhile, I'm steady heading out to shore. Um, by this time, the cold had stopped hurting but had basically turned my legs, knees, and everything below the belt was was very numb. My hands were hurting. They weren't numb. They hurt really bad, like when your hands get really cold. Um, And they were just hurting so bad. I had been in the water about 15, 20 minutes at this point. I was probably a half mile away from the the shore at this point. Um, So meanwhile, they're coordinating, trying to figure things out. They finally got a hold of the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard finally got a hold of Galveston. And they said, okay, we can be there, but it's going to be about 45 minutes before a helicopter can get even close. And I'd been in the water about 20 minutes at this point. Uh, she goes, well, I don't know what you need to do, but, you know, we need to get, we need to do something. You need to get him. Well, there's no boats. So, you, know, you can't see anybody. There's no boat. I mean, it's January. There's, there's no boats in the ocean, you know, in, in Galveston or in, you know, Crystal Beach or anywhere else, uh, uh, Gilcrest Beach. Uh, so, you know, I'm looking around, there's, there's nothing. I'm steady heading out to shore. This, this darn sailboat has just taken me out. Um, I'd been in, now I've been in the water about 30 minutes. I'm probably about a mile offshore by now. And I can't even really see the shore too much anymore. I can barely see, you know, this little ant of a figure of my wife. And of course I can see beyond the shore where the dunes are, but that was about it. Um, by this time, my hands had gone pretty numb. My my body, my, my chest was still hurting, but it was, it was kind of starting to feel weird. Um, and I'd been in the water about 30 to 40 minutes at this point. Um, and no hope of rescue. And that's when I realized there was no hope. It's, it's over. It's done. Um, so (laughs) 
I had been saved two weekends before. But like I said, I didn't really feel anything. So I'm sitting out in the ocean, and I figured it was time to pray. And I prayed to Jesus, and I said, Jesus, I know I'm going to die. I know that. There, there's, there's, no, there's no way this is going to work out. I'm going to either freeze to death or drown. You know, pick one. It's, it's going to happen. Um, what I ask is that I don't drown. I ask that you allow me just to kind of fall asleep. And then just, you know, drift off and just die. Um, you know, and I asked that, you know, take care of my girlfriend at the time. She wasn't my wife yet. Take care of my girlfriend and, and her son. And, you know, just the whole prayer thing. And um, and at that particular moment, I, I, I got this great peace on me that it was going to be okay, that I was fixing to see Jesus. And it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. I wasn't scared anymore. I wasn't panicked anymore. I wasn't collared anymore. Um the, you know, I still had some pain, but it, it wasn't terrible. Um, and it was okay. And it was at that moment that I heard something in my head. It wasn't like the booming voice of thunder. Or, it was something in my head that uh, my, my pastor, when I later asked him, he said, oh, you heard Psalm 4610. I said, okay. He says, be still and know that I am God. That's how you translated that? <laughs> Because what I heard was, hey, shut up, I got this. Yeah. And that's what I heard. Wow. Shut up, dude, I got this. And I was good, and I laid my head down on my hands and was ready to, to die. And at that exact moment, I got jerked out of the water. Huh. Never saw a boat, never heard a boat, never knew there was anything anywhere near me, and a guy with a pole jerked me up into his boat. And he cut the chute away from me, and it was a shrimp boat. Wow. And somehow he found me and I got put in their, their little room where had a heater in it. I was shivering so bad that I couldn't hold the coffee. I couldn't hold anything. I couldn't do anything. I was shivering so violently. Um, they kept my clothes on, but they just started throwing a bunch of blankets on top of me. And he took off towards Galveston. Uh, we got about halfway there in a coast guard, uh, boat met us halfway. He got me. Uh, he hauled me over to Galveston, got off in Galveston, got into the ambulance that was waiting for me at the dock. Ambulance people get in there and they're, they're packing warm packs all over me. The girl with the, uh, the, the IV who wanted to put warm fluids in me, she couldn't find a vein. They were all, they were all too small. They, just, I can't find one. I can't get anything in you. We're just gonna have to try to warm you up this way. They get me to the hospital. I'm in the hospital. I sit there after about 30, 40 minutes, I start feeling better. start warming up. Things are, things are getting better. Doctor walks in with a little chart and everything. He goes, "Hey, how you doing?" I said, "Good." You know, we talk. He goes, "Yeah, I had about about five minutes." I said, "About five minutes for what?" He goes, "You had about five minutes." He said, "You'd be dead." There wasn't nothing we could do. He said, "Your your core body temperature was beyond hypothermic." He said, "You were way beyond what most people pass out at." He said, five minutes and we'd probably never got you back." Jeez. So, the next day was Sunday because <laughs> that was Saturday. The next day was Sunday, and um, I remember going to church, and I walked up to the altar, and I just laid prostrate across the altar and just laid there. The pastor came up and said, can I help you? Nope. <laughs> I'm good. Just me and Jesus are talking right now. And I'll tell you what, that was the day I was saved. That was the day, you know, I felt it. That was the day that I knew that the Holy Spirit was in me and that Jesus 
had never left me. I left him. You know, the be still and know that I am God was, was awesome that he said, Hey, I've never been that far away from you. You know, you turned your back on me. I didn't turn mine on you. And that was what I learned and what I was so sorry for because I had wasted 10, 12 years running away from him and he never ran away from me. He stood behind me the whole time. And the reason he let me live that day was to prove to me two things. One, I never left. That's for you. Two, this is so outrageous and so crazy that it can only be me. Yeah. So that when you tell this story, and I, and he wants me to tell this story, that it could only be me, nothing else. So number one, I never left you. Number two, tell people that miracles happen because you got one. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy, man. And that's me. <laughs> that's you. And here we are 20 years later. <laughs> Fast forward. <laughs> Nothing else happens. Well, I did buy, I did go on eBay the other day. No, I did go on eBay. <laughs> I was waiting for some kind of punchline. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so, those who wanted to know who I am, that's, that's uh, how I got here. Uh, and I have been passionate about um, telling people about Jesus ever since. And I've, I've tried to make sure I'm in ministries no matter where I go, no matter where I live. Um, we started this podcast as an extension of that uh, to, to try to reach people, to try to get his word out, to make him more famous than he already is. And, uh, yeah. So, he, I mean, it's probably for a multitude of reasons that he saved your life. Um clearly wasn't done with you um and bringing him glory every day man is i think just making him very proud um, i try to yeah. I, I i fail a lot uh, don't we all <laughs> <laughs> i mean there are days there ain't no glory <laughs> jesus going all right well go to bed wake up we'll try again tomorrow exactly. but uh, that was a pretty, that, that was a pretty bad one yeah. yeah no that's true but no i mean yeah that that was yeah um I've never looked back. I've, I've had bad days. I've had days of doubt. I've had days of wondering. I've, uh, you know, we talked about this before the podcast. I've, I've, I've pulled over on the side of the road, panic attacks, going, "Oh my gosh, is all that's real?" Um, and, but I can tell you that that I know it's real. That he did speak to me. Uh, again, not a thundering voice out of the cloud, just something that was in my head. Um, but I remember it well, like it was, you know, yesterday. Um, and I know it's real and I know that everything's going to be okay. And the one thing that I don't do right now is fear death hmm. at all. I'm not welcoming it. All right. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not ready for it, but, I, but I'm not going to fear it when it comes. Yeah. So, so it also kind of shows me that, uh, you've never, I guess, officially been called into a vocational ministry. You've no but you are a minister. Hmm. Uh, we were all ministers. Yeah, true. Um, so to wear that as you do almost like a badge um, saying, you know, I don't have, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a theologian or anything. Um, but I've got a few things that could help somebody down and out along the way. Yeah. Um, it's powerful, man. Almost more powerful than, those ordained guys who maybe sit in an ivory tower and 
dictate and, and tell everybody theoretically what they should be doing, but the foot soldiers out like you literally be in God's hands and feet, yeah. Um, yeah. I think are way more effective in ministry. Yeah, the problem with me uh, is God gave me a, a, a different brain than a lot of other people. <laughs> and that brain is never fully satisfied yeah. with, with, with an answer. Um, and so I want to dig, but, but why is that the answer? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm that, I'm that four year old, you know, can I have this? No. Why? <laughs> because I said so. Why? Because it'll rot your teeth. Why? Because, you know, I'm, I'm the guy just sitting there. Why? Why? And instead of just asking the questions, I, I, I gotta find the answers. And so God has blessed or punished me, <laughs> whichever way you want to look at it, cursed maybe or, or blessed. Us. Yeah, Go maybe that <laughs> so, that times. to where, you know, I have these weird questions and I and I gotta go find the answers. And yeah. and a lot of times those answers aren't gonna be right or they're gonna be so far out there that other people are going, Yeah, you you've you've lost it. Hmm. Um, but that's okay. Cause I'm I'm gonna look for myself. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm going to drag you along with me along the way. So, <laughs> well, uh, let me, so let me ask this. Um, have you ever since that fateful day asked God why, since we're talking about the question, why, you know, why me, why that, why couldn't it have been something else to get my attention? Um, not in so many words. No. Uh, I mean, um, no, not really. Um, I don't know if it was just that sense of peace that came over me that just allowed me to 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 just accept it and move on uh, and and just say okay from this moment forward it's all about you um, and I think that's just that's where I was I just I've just accepted it that you know obviously you're not done with me and because nothing is done that doesn't glorify you then obviously what you did for me was not for me, but to glorify yourself. And so I need to figure out how to make sure that my life glorifies you every day. That's good. That's good. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, so probably in the, in the upcoming weeks, I'll get to share a little bit of my story and yeah. background. And, uh, and Did you go parasailing? I never have. No. I, I, I want to go skydiving. See that? See that's crazy to me. What? It's that's like, no, no, no. Paragliding over the dude, ocean I can see the. January. I can see the rope and I can see the chute. I know they're both there. You jump out of an airplane with a backpack that might be your lunch. You don't even know. You didn't pack it. You didn't put it in there. You're just hoping when I pull this cord, something that resembles a parachute that comes out. No, no. But that's a slow. That's a very quick death. I'm not worried about the death part. I told you, death don't scare me. It's the bouncing and not dying. <laughs> and it's also the 22 seconds it takes to hit the ground. See, that's the fun part. Oh. And that's a quick death. <laughs> yeah. Not getting eaten by sharks, hypothermia. hypothermia you know the last thing that goes through your mind? Yeah, your butthole. Yeah, your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> no, people have lived. People have done that and lived. Yeah. I wouldn't plan on it. And they don't live a good life. Yeah. I don't yeah no no skydiving no it's no, be fun no I, I I used to be scared of flying um flying would terrify me and again it's not the dying I, I don't mind the dying it's it's all of the drama between <laughs> the falling and the actual death that's the part that just nope I don't want that 
Sorry. <laughs> but I've, I've gotten better at flying now. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten a lot better at flying. Yeah. But Got some uh, different drugs. Well, yeah. I, and, I, and I do. I do. T- I, I am not sober when I get on a plane. And I don't mean, I do not. I do not. I do not. I, I learned that I get sick every time I drink. So it's not that. I do, however, have a prescription from my doctor that allows me to somewhat calm down yeah. and, and not worry about it. Not have those stupid thoughts that I'm either cursed or blessed with. Yeah. That this is a metal tube hurtling through the air. It's not physically possible. Right. <laughs> this is not supposed to be happening. Exactly. <laughs> I do think about that. Exactly. Oh, well, it's lit. See, the, the top of the airplane wing is, is taller than the bottom, and so the air goes faster, so it creates lift. Bullcrap. Yeah, exactly. No, you're, this is, yeah, yeah. Somebody put some chicken bones in the air and shook them, (laughs) and this thing floated up in the air. And pretty soon, those chicken bones are going to fall out, and we're all going with them. So that's the problem with flying. Yeah. And then you want to jump out and test it even more. No, no, thank you. Yeah. No. I'll go to that indoor one where you kind of fly around. Yeah, Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. What about bungee jump? That's even See, worse. See, it is worse. See, I wouldn't bungee jump, but I definitely would skydive. I saw a lady bungee jump one time on YouTube or something, um, and she jumped off a crane. There was a platform that up yeah. on a crane, and she jumped off the bungee thing, and apparently they, they totally messed her up because she went all the way down, and wee, it looked great, and then she was coming all the way back up, and she came up way too fast and hit the bottom of that thing, broke her neck, and died. Oh, my gosh. So the bungee did exactly what it was supposed to do, and it still <laughs> killed her. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then you see those ones where it breaks. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's no it, that's just asking for it, man. Yeah, you're yeah. just asking to. Yeah. You know. Fate. You really are. You yeah. jump out of an airplane with a bag. That's what you do. You're doing. You're jumping out of the airplane with a bag. <laughs> Gee, hope this works. Reminds me of the whole uh, PVC and bed sheets kind of a thing. Right? Well, well, okay, that was. You know what? But you were young. I was. Yeah. And stupid. Forty year old guy. And, and I've learned to do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, jump out of an airplane with a vapor. <laughs> I haven't yet. Just entertaining the idea. Yeah, no, thank you. Not going to no, do it. No. Not going to do it. Man, I think we've taken up enough time. Yeah, this was exciting. Thanks for introducing yourself. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, man. I feel like I know you a little bit more. We're good. Well, listen, guys, uh, we asked you guys, like we said earlier in the podcast, to uh, if you listen to this and you enjoyed it, uh, if I if I made you laugh a little bit with my pain, then uh, then take a minute and give us a couple of stars and uh, and if you get a chance, write us a review. Uh, again, that's how some people are going to be able to find us, and we want to make sure that we can spread this as far as we can, just in case there's one guy out there thinking about putting a bed sheet on a PVC pipe. We can we can warn him <laughs> against it and say it didn't work out so well. I, I'm going to save you some time, brother. I'm going to save you some time. <laughs> go to eBay. Yeah, don't don't go, go to eBay. To don't eBay. yeah just, just go straight to eBay. Look for a paraglider and then get a much stronger rope. Um. Anyway, we appreciate it, and uh, you can get a hold of us uh, by email at exploringtheway21 at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at Exploring the Way, and then we've got our website at www.exploringtheway.info. That's .info, not com. Justin, guess we'll see you next week. Uh, Absolutely. Hopefully, you'll have a little bit slower week coming up. Yeah. Get some rest. All good. Yeah. Uh, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to you. God bless America. Absolutely. And Thank you guys, and happy 4th of July to y'all, and God bless you as well. We'll see you next time. Absolutely. Take care.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.